0: have your Bible, go with me to the book of Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 4 is where we'll be today. And um, as we go to uh, Matthew chapter 4, as I have um, just been thinking about, I was listening yesterday coming back from Frostproof to a guy talk about the Word of God and, and he was just sharing how the Word of God is the manual for life. And if we'll come to it and, and say, okay, what is the man you'll have to say, or what do I need to follow, or uh, what is it, where is it going to direct me? And as I was, you know, just thinking about that, I was, um, and then first hours as we were worshiping, um, I kept thinking about um, specifically um, Lauren, um, is Lauren, is she, eight, okay, She's eight years old. She's got this really feisty personality. So it's a lot of fun for me because I love those feisty personalities. And so uh, my wife says to me, you, you give everybody a hard time. And um, so I was watching this little girl as she's traveling around with us and not knowing how as, you know, number one, being an American, uh, how do I interact with her because she doesn't understand much of what I say to her. Uh, number two, I've got a beard, so she's looking at me really weird. Like, you know, Korean men don't, you know, they don't have hair uh, a lot of men wear makeup it's just like a whole different concept to us and so she's watching me I'm watching her and and she's never really been around uh, a man before her dad or her parents just kind of put her in a, uh, what we call the box and and just kind of give them to the orphans I didn't find this all out until later on uh, into our trip and so I'm just trying to watch her and try to interact with her and see what uh, what we're gonna do and you know I told you last week we've we learned how to play rock paper scissors uh, and, you know, you don't have to know any foreign language to do that. But what I thought was interesting was is that she always wanted to win. Even if I won, she won. And what was very important for her is, is that she would punish me if I won, if she won. So you do rock, paper, scissors, shoot. She wasn't really excited about winning. She was just looking forward to, you know, slapping my arm. Not, she didn't hit it hard. But in Korean culture, I, you learn this is they want to punish the loser. They don't really want to win. They just want to punish the loser. And they'll come up with all kinds of, I mean, it's a big deal at camp. I mean, it's like full on, you know, you drink this because you lost. Um, If you want to know how bad it is, the next time you see Jacob Livingston, you ask him because their team lost and he drank something that has messed his stomach up to this day because of what, it was full of hot sauce and stuff, and they, because his, his was, the, he was the representative of the team, he had to drink it, and, um and so that's just, so I'm interacting with this little girl, also want to say uh, hi Rob, the Heacock his Rob is with us, he's a chaplain, he'll be stationed back again in Okinawa, Japan, so put your hands up, I keep forgetting to say hi, but that Rob, from Seabing, graduated, uh, lived here, one of the young people that ran through the, the church, mostly when it was over there, when he was at his age. And so just thank you for your service and what you do for our, for our soldiers and, and sharing the gospel around the world in Okinawa as well. So excited about that. But uh, just, you know, watching her. So finally, at the end, of, we're getting to the end of the trip. And I'll, get, I'll tell you why I'm getting this in a second to, the, to this story. is As I watched this little girl, I decided that she had never probably been just picked up in the air, thrown over her shoulder and tossed on a bed. Um, one of the really interesting things they don't sleep alone they don't have a bed they have a map and roll it out on the floor so if you rent a three bedroom apartment they will not sleep in that bedroom for them they will not do that they don't know what that's like so they all ended up the girls end up in Paul and Helen's room because they've never slept alone they've never been alone so when they, go, when they graduate uh, they have to be alone for the first time so anyway I decided one night I said you know what boo on this, if she gets mad at me, it's almost the end of the trip, it's okay, she already drank part of my chocolate milkshake, so I owe her now, anyhow, and so um, I pick her up put her on my shoulders, and I take her back to where Alexis is, and I just kind of, I didn't throw her hard, I just kind of just put her on the bed, she just looked at me, and then she goes, run it out the Anthony, well, if you're in Korea, you don't just say, I want a Big Mac, or, it's like 35 words to say just something small. It's crazy. Like we would order. It would take 30 minutes just to order because she had to pick something. I had to pick something. Elaine had to pick something. And then Helen had to tell the waiter or waitress, this is what we're going to eat. So Alexis comes running out of the bedroom. She's, you know, in this high-pitched voice, auntie, or mom. Brrr, and I'm like, what does she say? She liked it. Okay. <laughs> so I waited. So then I went to move towards her again. She goes, run around auntie. I'm like, that's fine, I'm just going to pick her up again. So I pick her up again, take her back, just toss her on. She's like giggling and laughing. And I started to think, you know, Lord, what's the most important thing for her? Truth, what is it? The gospel? And as I say that, I recognize this morning, as I've just been thinking about Lauren, I'm thinking about... Everybody comes to Scripture through a lens. Lauren's lens, as she grows up, she will have to work with her relationship with the Lord and answering this question. God, why didn't I have a dad? God, why didn't my dad pick me up and throw me on my bed? God, why didn't I have a dad that ever bought me a milkshake? I'm just sitting at a rest, and I, I don't know. I'm learning these things. I'm sitting down with a chocolate milkshake. She comes over and sits beside me. She's across the table. There's three straws. In Korean culture, everybody shares. I don't know that. They're eating weird food. I got my chocolate milkshake. Don't mess with my chocolate milkshake. Because I've had to eat this stuff that moves and looks. I didn't eat any of the moving things. But it's just, I don't get a Big Mac. I don't get a Whopper. we got to eat. Stuff that you can't even describe, but it's stuff and they like it and all that. Anyway, I'm my milkshake. I'm watching my milkshake. Next thing I know, she leans into my milkshake. She's drinking my milkshake. I thought, you know what? Drink it, girl. Because I want her to know my Savior. I want her to know my God. I want her to be able to know in her soul there is no one like my God. You know what I was thinking about too this week? It's you. Because you come to this book called the Word of God. You can call it a lot of different things. It's the Bible. You come to this book, guess what? With the filter. But God, you love me. But, but God. But, and all of us have them. All of us do So as I was praying this morning, I was praying, God, allow us to set the filter aside. God, I have my preferences when I read my Bible. I have them. So do you. I have my thoughts that I think God should do this. And so when I'm reading my Bible, I'm reading it through my filter. Through the filter of being a Patterson. Through being a filter of growing up in Indiana. So as I go through the book of Matthew and I think about chapter 4 and I was reminded this week, it is written. It is written. Yes, it is written. But will I surrender to what is written? Will I allow my filter to be set aside to actually read what is? it is written? What is that? Not in my preference. What is the bottom line? It is written. What is the bottom line? Before I go to Matthew chapter 4, I want to say one more thing. If you go all the way back to Matthew chapter 2, the king of the Jews came to upset the apple And I've got, and if you go to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, is where I'm kind of referring to. It says, Where the one who has been born king of the Jews, we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. And they came to worship him. And that, can you imagine the magi from the east coming and worshiping who? A baby born in a manger? Now, that's just weird. And then if you, if you go over to with me to, to Matthew chapter 4, you're going to get a chance to see Jesus' message and the first disciples. So look at four chapter 4 and verse 17. And from this time on, so Jesus is going to begin his ministry. From this time on, Jesus is going to have a message. And this is his message. <clears throat> Repent, for the kingdom is near. That's his message. Matthew wants us to read this very clearly. Repent, for the kingdom is near. Now if you're going to start an organization, and you're going to want to try to get followers, you're probably going to try to come up with a good positive message. This is what I will do for you, this is what it's going to look like. But Jesus' message starts out from the very beginning. Repent, the kingdom is near. What's Jesus saying? You mean to say I'm wrong. But Jesus is going to ask them. What they believed in, He's going to say, no, that is not true. Repent, the kingdom is near. I am the Messiah. Repent, the kingdom is here. It's not about the law anymore. Repent, the kingdom is near. It's not about me being obedient to what Moses said. And then adding all these things on. No. Repent. The kingdom is near. For the first time there's going to be this epic face to face battle. Where a Jewish individual is going to have to say. I am wrong. I can't do anything to get this right. There's something inside of me. I guess in another way I said. What I was thinking about is. You mean this, they were going to have to admit that there was darkness inside of them. That's what Jesus is going to ask them to do. So as he begins this ministry and he carries on until the day he takes his last breath, his message is going to be about repentance. If Jesus would have just did the social gospel, would there be forgiveness of sin? If Jesus just would have preached, hey, you know what, I know how I can help you, would there be forgiveness of sins? If Jesus would just say, do these seven things and you'll be a better person, you'll be successful, you'll be wise, you'll be happy, would there be forgiveness of sins? No. There wouldn't. And so as I think about this message, I'm thinking, you know what? The best thing for Lauren is to repent. Because then she will know there's no other father. She will have hope when there is no. When she graduates from the school where this family has loved her. And she's getting ready to decide, do I go to university? Do I find an apartment? What do I do with the assets that are set aside for me? Where do I go? She will never, even though she'll probably be moving to her room for the first time. If she repents of her sins, she will never, ever be alone. And so as Jesus begins his message, he wants this message to be very clear. Repentance. And so as I think about this message, there's something inside of me saying, like, you mean you're talking to me. Because I know it's true. If we start talking about repentance, you can list ten people that need to repent, but you're not on that list. You can give me ten people that have issues, but it's not you on the issue well you know so and so did this and so and so did this and but the bottom line is you and I need repentance too. because you and I will not have forgiveness of sins until we say I, I repent and as, as I think about that I think about John chapter 3 and verse 3 I think about when John the Baptist is going to be involved in ministry, he says. Repent, for the kingdom is near. And I just want to, um, I want to do something here. I want you to see this repentance. And this is kind of an i couple. This is a couple different thoughts that I've kind of put together. And I won't take a bullet for all of this thought, but it's an interesting thought. To repent is to have a to have a radical change heart and will that leads to a change in behavior. And if I would rewrite it, I would add in there, the change of the behavior only comes with the help of the Holy Spirit. Because I don't think any of us will do this right. So if my behavior is going to be different, it's not going to be because Todd Patterson does it, but because the Holy Spirit does with me. So as you think about that as a definition... Take away your filters. Do you as individuals sitting here see any life change? Do us as individuals sitting in these seats see anything different going on on the inside of us that is actually being demonstrated on the outside by our actions? And I want to be real careful. I'm not saying this is a workspace thing. You know, I'm not asking you to be happy, clappy, and everything to be right, and life be perfect, because that's just, ob- I mean, that's not even close to reality. But is there, is there, has there been something in, in, in your life where you say, you know what, I'm just, I'm just different. My life is different. My wants are different. My actions are different. Or maybe another way to kind of ask you this question is, when was the last time you repented? When was the last time that we came to the manual and said, Oh my word, I'm wrong. Oh, Father, I've I've looked at it through a filter all these years. I need to apologize. I need to fall on my face and say, Look, I want to go in a different direction. I, and I know you probably, I'm not going to ask you to practice this, but I know this doesn't come natural. I am wrong. It's not natural for anyone sitting in this building. And so this morning as we gathered around some truth of scripture, as we gather around Matthew chapter 4, I think it's really important as you move through the book of Matthew that we make sure we know what the message is. The message is not about me being happy. It's not about me being okay. It's not about life working out all about what's best for me. The message is, Repentance for the kingdom of Jesus. The message is, unless you accept forgiveness of your sins through three nails and an empty tomb and a cross, you don't have forgiveness. You don't have life. You don't have hope. And saying that, I want to show you something else this morning. I want to show you the first disciples. And as you look at the first disciples, uh, go with me to Matthew chapter 4. And Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw his two brothers, Simon, Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, and they were their fishermen. Verse 19. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets, and they followed him. Go on from there, he said. And, er, go on, going on from there, he saw two brothers... James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed Now what's interesting to me is as I've been reading through this all these years, and part of this has um, uh, become alive to me because while we were in Korea, we were studying a, um, a video series called Go Fish. Andy Stanley was sharing about uh, fishing for men. And so this kind of just jumped out of the page to us. But he says, come follow me. What I want you to see something is, as you look at this passage of Scripture through your filter, I want you to see something. I want you to notice what was not said. Now think about it. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me. There's no salary package here. There's no home here. There's no retirement here. There's no gift cards here. I mean, just picture this. This guy is involved in your life and he comes to you and says, How many of you would follow somebody if you don't talk about some of the details? What's in this for me? Come follow me. Well, who are you? When am I going to get some new sandals? Do I get a horse? Do I get a camel? Do I get a donkey? What do I get when I follow you? And then I want you to see, I want you to notice what he does say to them. Look at this. Look at your Bible again. Come follow me, Jesus said. Jesus' words. And I will, I need to circle the word, make. He is going to take a fisherman that they know baits and lures and depth and location and boats. They know those things, okay? He's going to take a fisherman that knows fish and he's going to what? Make them fishers of men. Now grab a hold of that for a second. You're going to take a fisherman that just knows stinky old fish and mostly what they talk about. How many fish they caught, how big the fish was, what they, if, they're, you know, if they're a good fisherman, they don't tell you what they caught it on. They don't tell you where it is. I learned many years ago with Uncle Donald, where'd you go fishing? In the water. What would you fish with? Bait. Well, you going to tell me where I go fishing? Yeah, I'll tell you. In the water. And for years, he never told me. Eventually, one time he said, okay, I'll show you where I'm going to go fishing. And he took me there. He will make them. Now, pause. Stop. What is it going to cost these guns to become fishers of men? How much is their life going to hurt in order to be a fisher of men? What is he going to do with these guys? What is he going to put through? What's the discipleship class going to look like for these guys? I'm going to take you and the ones that, that have been fishing for, for um, just fish, and I'm going to put you through this process so that you will be a, a fisher of men. Where are they going to have to go? Where are they going to have to walk? How long are they going to have to wear their old sandals? How long are they going to have to wear the same clothes? How long is it going to be before they take a shower? How long is it going to be before they get before they're going to go to McDonald's? How long is it going to be before they're going to get a break? When are they going to go to the beach and hang out and just say, Hey, I'm here for rest. Do you see what he's saying? What is he going to do? He's going to break these guys. He's going to turn the world upside down because all they know is fish. They haven't seen Lauren yet. They don't know her name. And so in the process, he's going to journey them through. And if you read on down verse, I mean 23 through 25. I would have loved to walk around with Jesus. He's healing sick people. He's casting out demons. This is one bad joker. I mean, anybody can walk up to him sick and he says, Hey, yeah, just get up. You're fine. I mean, can you imagine walking around and say, Yeah, I'm following that guy. Yeah, he made this one walk. He cast out demons. You know, swine went over the edge. I've never seen that before. Have you? And so he's what? These guys are going to learn to trust him. They're going to learn to follow him. But there's going to come a point in their lives... And never did they come to this point in their lives while Jesus was alive. You need to know that too. Because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. And so there's going to become a point in their lives where these fishermen are going to use... And I, obviously I'm not... I don't want you just to see the weight thing. I want you to see the transformation. These guys' lives are going to be Transformed. And their message is going to be a message of repentance. Their message is going to be a message that people's lives will never be the same. And they will have no respect of where they live, what they have or what they don't have, what they've been through, where they go, where they don't go. Is that these people because of Acts chapter 1 in verse 8. Take your Bible and go to Acts 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want you to know that these men did not become this warrior until the Holy Spirit came. If you read through the Gospels, it's kind of quite fun to watch them argue over dumb stuff. Watch them, who's going to sit on the right hand and who's going to sit on the left hand? What kind of fisherman are you anyway? You're supposed to be fishing for men and you're worried about who's going to sit on the right and who's going to sit on the left. And if I would have been Jesus, I would have said, you know what, you guys are useless. But he didn't give up on him because he knew there was going to be a day in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 that he was going to deposit something inside of them, the Holy Spirit of God. And the guys that people would have been known in the beginning of Matthew are fishers of men, are going to be the warriors after when he's dead and gone. He's going to be standing there and say, hey, I don't care what you believe. I saw that guy. It is true. My life is not the same. What happened to him? Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The Holy Spirit came on them. And they died for their safety. In saying that, I also want you to know in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. I recognize this morning that some of us are sitting here and you'll be in different facets of your life. That your life will be broken. And there is no way up. And there is no way out. And there is not much hope. And in saying that, I want to read you this verse because I want you to know the truth of Scripture, Ephesians chapter one and verse thirteen. And you and you also and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. What's the word of truth? Repentance, forgiveness of sins, salvation only comes through Jesus. The gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you are marked in Him with a seal. What's the seal? The promised Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. So, what does that mean? The day that I said yes to Jesus was the day that power began in my life. The day that I said yes to Jesus, I will always have hope. I will never be alone. And I don't know when it will be, and maybe it's already happened. I don't know. But for right now in my soul, it's this picture of this little Lauren that bounced around Korea full of life. Whenever she says yes to Jesus, her life will never be the same. So this morning, I want you to see the message is clear. The first disciples. It's very clear for us to make sure that we keep the message the same. Year after year, week after week, month after month, the message always needs to be the same. There is no forgiveness of sin if you leave the cross. There is no forgiveness of sin if you try to add anything else. It's only Jesus, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. No ands, no buts, here it is. No matter what the world says, the salvation only comes to the cross. Saying that, how are we do inefficient for men. And if we're honest, Probably all of us are in the... In a, in a, or you are, or you're going to be, or you're going to go back into situations where the Lord is trying to break you to be a better fisherman. And in saying that, over the years, people used to, quote, just flip verses out to me. They used to just flip out Romans 8.28. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord. In all the years I've been involved in ministry, nobody finished Romans 8, 28, verse 29. Have your Bible, go to Romans 8, uh, 28 and 29. Romans 8, 28 is, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. What's His purpose? Verse 29. For those God foreknew, He also to Predestined to be what? Happy, enjoying life, just fishing, catching bass, enjoying the ocean. None of those things are wrong. Okay? It's not wrong for one of our husbands to take his wife down underwater, scuba gear, and then a shark swim by. That's not wrong. Crazy, but not wrong. I'm not sure why anybody would want to swim by a shark, but that's okay. Some people are just a little bit different. It's okay for Pastor Adam to decide to go on his anniversary you have not seen this, go to Adam Schmael Facebook. Get in this little machine. It goes backwards. Stacy's like doing this deep breathing concept. Like, you know, they think she's going to die and eventually they go back and she tells Adam that he needs to be quiet because Adam's getting ready for the time of his life. And then all of a sudden they go flying through the air and they call that fun. I don't know why, but that's interesting. They can do those things. That's not what God's called us to He's called us and he's predestined us to be conformed to the will of God. Of Jesus. Romans 8, 28. Always need to be followed by 29. Because everything that we go through is stuff that God is going to work in our lives so that we look more like his son. And then for fun, for your Sunday afternoon read, keep on going on verse in Romans chapter 8. Keep reading down through. It. All those incredible things that you see, you've been predestined to be conforming to his likeness. In verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Think about it. Genesis chapter 1 1 says, who was there? God was in the beginning. Colossians reminds us that he's the sustainer of our faith. In verse 35, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Grasp that if you think about it, God's going to make you in conformity to you of His will. And all those things that you've said, God, what are you doing? God, you're so far from me. What shall separate you from the love of Christ? Trouble? Hardship? Persecution? Famine? Nakedness? No, none of those things separate us from the love of Christ. Verse 37 of, of Romans chapter 8. For we are more than conquerors. What makes us conquerors? That we just keep saying it about Jesus. That we keep saying in the process when he's wanting us to look more like him. When he wants us to be a better fisherman for him. When we want to give up. When we want to throw in the towel. That we just keep saying. No Jesus. I'm fishing for you. So as we end our morning together, just one last slide. What's your message? If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, salvation is not going to be your message. Because you don't know Him. How can you talk about somebody that you don't know? I don't know if you know me over the years, but I will never talk about the University of Auburn. I won't talk about the University of Georgia. I won't talk about Florida State. I won't talk about Kentucky. I don't know them. They're not a priority in my life. But I want Jesus, I want to know Him. And I don't want to just know Him when I'm just drinking my cup of coffee. I mean, I'll drink coffee. When I'm drinking my sweet tea for breakfast. I don't want to know Him in the comfortable settings. I want to know Him in my brokenness. Because he wants to conform me to the likeness of his son. And his own son he allowed to die. He allowed his own son to be beaten. He allowed his own son to be laughed at. He allowed his own son to be mocked. He allowed his own son his beard to be ripped out of his face. He allowed his own son to be a crown of thorns placed on his head. He allowed his own son to walk the road carrying the cross. Why? Because he knew my name. And he wanted to have a relationship with me. And he wanted to have a relationship with you. What's your message? Please understand, I'm not asking you to I'm not asking us to be Jesus freaks. I'm not asking us to stand on the highway of Highway twenty seven and says repent, you're going to hell. I'm not asking you to do those things. I'm asking you when the Lord opens the door. Let me introduce you to my Savior. His name is Jesus. In my brokenness, He helped me. When I was alone, He was there. When I needed hope, He was there. And I can say this. There's no one who has loved me as much as Jesus Christ. There's no one. And there's no one who's loved you as much as Jesus Christ. So talk about it, if you know If you don't know Him, your life is empty. The only way it will ever be full is to accept the free gift of salvation. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the opportunity we can gather around Your Word. Father, I don't know everybody in the room. You do. And You know if they know You. You know if they've accepted the free gift of salvation. So I pray, Father, through the power of Your Holy Spirit, You would draw their hearts to You. And if Lauren or somebody else in the orphanage or somebody in Highlands County doesn't know you, may they choose you, may they find it out about you, May may you use us to talk to them. Because we want them to know you, we want them to have hope. And Father, I know sitting here are hearts that are broken, lives that are a mess. Not because we've done anything wrong, but because you want us to be better fishermen. So in our brokenness may we choose you. In our brokenness may there be joy in our soul. Because Father, we long to be good fishermen. So help us to keep the message the same and help us to be willing fishermen. And may our county never be the same because you're our Savior. May families never be the same because you're their Savior. May marriages never be the same because you're their Savior. In Highlands County, Lord, they're falling apart. And you're our hope, you're our rock. So may we choose you and you alone. Holy Spirit, help our family be characterized by the message. Help our family be characterized as true disciples. In your name I pray, amen.